Hello, Magic Transistors. Welcome to another podcast episode where I review Beach Boys albums. And today we've only got one album, and it's considered to be one of the best of all time for any band, and that is the Beach Boys Pet Sounds album. Now, up until now, the Beach Boys had been gradually progressing, I guess you could say. They had a few years where I would consider... Up until the All Summer Long album, they were kind of a garage rock album. But even by All Summer Long, they were well-polished uh, albums. You know, it was still guitar, bass, drums, you know, with some keyboards in there. And, and a few songs that had more symphonic type stuff on it. But for the most part, um, that by All Summer Long, the albums were so polished and well-produced that you could hardly call them a garage rock album. I mean, a garage rock band anymore. Um, but I mean, it still had that feel like with I Get Around and stuff. But then starting with the Today album, the songs became a lot more um, orchestrated uh, or orchestral or symphonic, I guess you could say. And he started bringing in the Wrecking Crew and all that stuff. And just slowly but surely, he got to where he was with this masterpiece, Pet Sounds. And so, yeah, uh, a lot of people have this as one of their favorite albums of all time. Um, I would say that I really, really love this album, but it's not my favorite Beach Boys album. Uh, definitely top, you know, really close to the top. But that's more of per personal preference. You know, for example, I think I like uh, Friends better than this album, but I don't think the Friends album is as good, you know, uh, something like that. So, you know, it doesn't mean I don't think it's the best. I, I It probably is, and I guess we'll see when I do my scoring here how we do. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, this was kind of at a period, you know, the Beach Boys were kind of at their peak, uh, artistically and commercially, and they were influencing a lot of people. You know, there's a uh, a phone call um, with John Lennon. I think he's being interviewed, and he's asked about the Beach Boys' new single. Um, what was that called? She, she's not the little girl I once knew. That was just a single. I think in late '65, and he said he loved it. He he thinks it's amazing and hoped it would be out, you know, it would be a big hit so he could hear it all the time. Well, it wasn't a big hit, you know, one of the first flops, I guess you could say singles, um, even though I think it's a fantastic song. Um, but I think with the pauses in it made it difficult, you know, for radio stations to want to play it. So that's probably why, uh, they didn't, uh, you know, <clears throat> they didn't, you know, that song wasn't a hit <laughs> because the radio stations didn't like to play it. That's just my guess, but I think it's a, a fantastic underrated song and you kind of get the beginning stages of what would become Pet Sounds. And I put that song, Little Girl I Once Knew, on my alternate 
Summer Days and Summer Nights album, which was a couple of episodes before this one. Um, and, you know, Pet Sound, I mean, uh, not Pet Sounds, the Party album, which I did previously, was Brian just kind of rushing something out to uh, appease the Capitol Record, you know, company, uh, the record company, so that he could buy time for this one that he really wanted to do. And it kind of, I mean, it worked because it did buy him time and uh, Bob Baran became a huge hit, um, unfortunately, in a sense, because, I mean, then all of a sudden people are expecting more of that. Now, Bob Baran was very garage, you know, <laughs> a very uh, stripped down and simple and fun. And, you know, it's good for what it is, but when Brian wants to go this direction, people get confused, you know? So I think a lot of people, uh, Capitol Records especially, and, you know, they were expecting the Beach Boys to go, um, I guess, in a more, I guess, the fun in the sun, more of that stuff. I'll get more into that. I was just uh, giving a more a bigger intro here. But the album Pet Sounds was released on May 16th, 1966 on Capitol Records. Brian Wilson, the producer, the manager, I think was Nick Grillo, but I'm not sure. I have a question mark there. Um, and so, yeah. Um, there's some, there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, uh, rumors about Mike Love not liking this album. Uh, he has never said that. He's always stated that he, he loves the album. I think that that he was a little, um, I guess you could say, he was critical of the lyrics that to, uh, Tony Asher wrote. Now, in my opinion, the Today album, which Mike Love wrote a lot of the lyrics on, who knows, you know, a lot of them are Brian and Mike uh, collaborations and it's hard to say what lyrics Mike wrote and what Brian wrote but um, I think the Today album has a similar lyrical vibe to this album um, now there's a couple of songs that I don't think I could ever imagine Mike writing like That's Not Me for example and uh, you know I well Hang On To Your Ego was the original song that Mike criticized and eventually it became, you know, Mike rewrote the lyrics to, I know there's an answer. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of songs on here. I couldn't imagine being Mike's lyrical style, but I think the today album had sort of the same vibe of, you know, in perspective, emotional type lyrics. And Mike was very capable of doing that. Um, honestly, I think he probably was just upset that he was no longer the main lyricist. Um, you know, he had been, I mean, if you look at the previous albums up until summer day, summer nights, because pet party was mostly covers up to summer day, summer nights, Mike's, uh, collaboration credits got more increasing, uh, as he went along. Now that's today, of course. I mean, as of 2023, because at the time, I don't know what the credits look like. 
but I know Mike had more added because of the lawsuit in the 90s. And I truly believe that he did write those lyrics. Um, there's a lot of people that just hate Mike and say, you know, he didn't do it. Uh, he's just, you know, whatever. I don't know. He or, or people will say stuff like he came up with a hook and that's it. You know, he claims he wrote all the lyrics to a lot of these songs. So if not most, you know, Brian probably came up with a concept. But the same thing was true with Tony Asher or any of these other guys. Um, I think Mike uh, worked much the same way. And, you know, being a cousin probably had a little bit more say. But who knows, you know, I, I think. Um, uh, anyway, I think. Mike Love was more than capable, but I think he preferred writing more of the fun, happy kind of lyrics. That was just his preference. And uh, so in today, in the, in the Today album, I think that he agreed to do it. And I, I read a quote somewhere that Mike said that, that that album was kind of a downer. I'm not sure if that's true because there's other quotes that he denies ever saying, but... Um, you know, it wasn't like the fun and sun kind of album. Um, I, I think it, it, as far as charting goes, it did just fine, but it probably wasn't as high on the charts as all summer long or summer days, summer nights. I could be wrong. I don't have the, <laughs> the, you know, I don't have that in front of me, but honestly, I don't care. Sometimes good music um, is more long lasting anyway, and less dated than, than song, than music that is meant for the times, I guess, you know, um, and then summer day, summer nights was more of the Mike love kind of lyrics. And he probably talked Brian into it, which might be why Brian decided to go with a different collaborator because he wanted to, and maybe he tried to get Mike to do more of this kind of stuff, but Mike didn't want to at the time. So I, I I think Mike probably was a little bit uh, jealous or upset that he wasn't writing the lyrics. Having said all that, he worked hard on the album. He, he always seemed to be a professional as far as I could tell uh, throughout the years. Um, he gets a lot of slack, but I think he, you know, he would give his opinion, but he would also uh, diligently be a professional and do his part. And he does a great job, you know, singing on this. Um, and so I just wanted to say all that because Mike gets a lot of slack. <laughs> now the main genius on this album is Brian Wilson, obviously who wrote all but one of the songs, which was a cover and, um, produced and one of the greatest productions in a rock and roll pop, rock and roll album of all time, no doubt, uh, inspired by Phil Spector. Now, I heard somebody say, uh, I think it was Terry Melcher in a documentary. He said, if, if Brian ever thought that he was um, somehow less than Phil Spector, he, Terry Melcher thought it was the other way around. I don't remember. That's not the wording he used, but not less than, but inferior to Phil Spector. Terry Melcher said he always thought it was the other way around. And Terry Melcher described Phil Spector's production as sort of this 
angry layered thing where Brian made it in a more delicate way so that it became beautiful. And so I thought that was an interesting quote and uh, by Terry Melcher. And that's on the uh, Endless Harmony documentary that was on VH1, I believe, back in 98. And that was the documentary that really got me into the band. So, um, so yeah, so uh, the album cover is the Beach Boys at the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a great cover. I mean, it's it's fine. There's something unique about it. It pops out a little bit. Um, the, the photo was taken by George German and, uh, you know, it, I, I like the green around it. There's just something that pops out about it. And I don't know, it, it's not a classic album cover, but I think it's, it's fine. Um, I give it an eight out of 10. Now on to the songs. Track number one is Wouldn't It Be Nice, written by Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and Tony Asher. This is a fantastic song um, that, I mean, the production is great, it's catchy, it's beautiful, it's perfectly produced. Um, I don't know what else I can say about it. I love the harmon the, uh, is it harmonicas or something like that, yeah, in the in the track and that intro whatever that is almost sounds like a synthesizer but it's you know um but anyway it's it's a fantastic song just uh, a lot of times in these songs brian will have uh more than one instrument playing at the same time to give it a unique sound this was pre-synthesized era and so um, I love the the uh, bridge that Mike Love sings lead on, depending on which version. Brian sings lead on another version. Uh, anyway, very, very good song. And I give this a 10.0, just a perfect song all the way around. Track number two is You Still Believe in Me, written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher. I forgot to mention that Brian Wilson sings lead on Wouldn't It Be Nice with Mike Love on the bridge. And uh, Brian also sings lead on You Still Believe in Me. Now, fun note, uh, a lot of people probably, if they haven't read the notes <laughs> or heard any documentary footage or anything... They a lot of people probably think that the intro section is a harpsichord, but it's actually not. It's a piano being played with while somebody is plucking the strings. <laughs> so, uh, or somebody's playing, holding down the note while somebody plucks the the strings in the piano to get that sound, which basically sounds like a harpsichord. Would have been a lot easier, but. Uh, maybe that gave it a little bit of a unique sound. So um, I think this song is not as strong on 
catchiness and hook, but it gets a 10 on art and production and very strong on poetry as well. And um, I think, you know, it's a, it's a nice song that's perfectly produced and I give it an 8.2. I had to prove that I could make it alone now, but that's not me. I wanted to show how... Track number three is That's Not Me, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. And uh, this is a fantastic song, one of my favorites on the album. It's one of the catchier songs, uh, not a single. But one thing that I really love about this song is that the Wrecking Crew is not on it. It's all Beach Boys with the exception of two other guys, Terry Melcher and somebody else that's like not part of the Wrecking Crew that plays a little percussion, but nothing that the Beach Boys couldn't have done themselves. But uh, I think that's pretty cool that they were able to have a song that was all them on this album and it doesn't stick out in a bad way at all you know I mean you can kind of tell there's not like there's not like a lot of other instruments in here uh, other than bass drum guitar and an organ and some you know some percussion like tambourine and stuff but I I really love that and I think it's a fantastic song and Mike does a great job on the on the vocal and overall, this song gets a 9.2. I can so much in your and I can see Track number four is Don't Talk, Put Your Head on My Shoulders by Brian Wilson and sung by Brian Wilson. And I'm not sure if he sings like all the vocals on this or not. Uh, there's a couple of songs on this album where it's all Brian and um, but I can't remember yeah but anyway uh, beautiful song um, it's a little less on the catchiness side but I, I gave it you know a couple of tens and a nine and uh, you know it, it's just um, a very sensitive and beautiful song and it's got this very orchestrated bridge section that's that's really cool and overall this song gets an 8.4 track number five is i'm waiting for the day written by brian wilson uh and mike love i guess a couple of these tony didn't write on at least that's not what I have on my notes, but if I'm wrong, you can always look it up. So, um, and the vocal by Brian Wilson. Now there was a, on the Pet Sounds box set, there's an alternate version where Mike sings lead and, uh, it just didn't, uh, fit him very well. Um, and, but you know, so, I mean, he did okay, but it just didn't fit him well. And maybe with another take or two, he probably could have done a lot better than the the one that's on the box set. But uh, Brian Wilson gets the lead on this one, and it's a catchier song. It's uh, quite catchy. I love the the. It's not like uh, typical rock and roll drums. It's more like a symphonic uh, drum, whatever you call that. 
<laughs> a bass drum or whatever that is. Like a, I'm not sure what that's called. Anyway, it's I'm not good at I don't I've never been in a band or or, or a you know high school band or anything. Anyway, but it's not a typical rock and roll drum. It's just it's different. So I like that about it. And uh, uh, great vocals on this one, and, and great, obviously a, a production is a 10. Um, in fact, let me just go ahead and say, every song on this album gets a 10 in production. That's the one place this album is perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But overall, this song gets an 8.8. .8. Track number six is Let's Go Away for a While by Brian Wilson. This is an instrumental and no lead vocal, obviously. Um, I gave it two tens in art and production and a fairly low score on the catchiness. Um, somebody asked Brian how he came up with this song and he goes, try humming it, which is a weird answer to give, but that's what he said. And, uh, you know... Brian's quirky sense of humor um, sounds like a xylophone to me um, as the lead instrument on this one um, it, it has interesting chord progression I think and it, it's just a it's a song that takes you away for a while <laughs> I mean that, that's kind of what it is that's where the music does it kind of it's like kind of dreamy and uh so, you know, I like it for that reason. It's not one of my favorite songs on the album. It's not one that I normally have like on a, on a favorites playlist or anything. But in the context of the album, it's, it's, it's just a good instrumental um, kind of a, a stop off, you know. And overall, this song gets a 7.7. .7. We come on this loop, John B., my grandfather and me. Track number seven is Sloop John B., written by, oh, it's a traditional, arranged by Brian Wilson. Uh, this is an old folk song that uh, Al Jardine loved, uh, especially the version by the Kingston Trio, but there was earlier versions of this song. And it was Al Jardine's idea for Brian to record it. And I think Al was hoping that he would have some say or <laughs> some influence on the song. But the next day, or well, I don't know, uh, he shows up and Brian has this brilliant arrangement. And, uh, you know, the original song is just a simple folk song. Even the Kingston Trio song is very simple. And then Brian took it and made it this symphonic masterpiece <laughs> once again um brian sings lead uh then mike uh also sings lead so co-leads and um kind of surprising al didn't get to sing it um al said that he i think al said that he tried he uh gave it a try and it wasn't the style of vocal that brian was hoping for on it i guess but um anyway because this is a cover, it does less. Uh, I only go up to a 7 on everything except for the production, which once again gets a 10. 
but it has two sevens, which is as high as I go on a cover, the catchiness and the hook. You know, it's not a terribly artistic song. Um, and poet poetry-wise, it's, it's solid. And, uh, you know, so it, it's the biggest hit on the album, you know, but it's it gets the lowest score. And uh, it's not my least favorite song on the album, but because it's a cover, it, it, it suffers on the score. Um, and I give it a 6.2 out of 10. Opening up side B on the album is track number eight, God Only Knows, written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher and sung by Carl Wilson. And um, Carl had a few leads before this, but this is his biggest, uh, I want to say his first single lead solo, uh, I guess, um, on the first album he sang co-lead with David Marks where they kind of sang together on summer uh, what is that called summertime blues uh, which was a I think I think it was a single a b-side or something um, and this was also a b-side and I can't really think of oh yeah you know what uh, the little girl I once knew Carl sings lead on as well but uh, I don't remember how that song did on the charts this song only reached 36 and i don't know what that little girl i once knew did at the time but obviously today god only knows is a much bigger hit <laughs> it's a much bigger uh more popular song it gets played on the radio a lot um and it's just shocking that it only went to number 36 at the time um, now that was in, in the United States in England I think it was top 10 I'm not sure exactly but I think another thing is in England this was the A side and wouldn't it be nice was the B side and the United States this was the B side because apparently uh, at least the American capital didn't think a song a pop song should have the word God in it but for whatever reason and uh yeah so carl wilson has my favorite voice in the band just my opinion and i think that the and the only singers on this is carl bruce and al i think i believe that's it i don't maybe mike i don't know anyway um but yeah, it's a fantastic song, obviously, and I it gave it a 10.0. Track number nine is I Know There's an Answer, written by Brian Wilson, Terry Sachin, and Mike Love. Um, once again, this was a song that uh, had a, it had a different lyric uh, and the song was called Hang On To Your Ego and Mike Love thought it was a drug reference or something I guess and so he talked Brian into allowing him to rewrite the lyric and it became I Know There's An Answer and um, 
Yeah, so I don't know if Terry Melcher wrote the original, any of the original lyrics or not. Um, you know, I don't remember, you know, I don't have these memorized. And so Terry Sachin is a name that I, I forgot was on here. But, um, but yeah, musically speaking, um, it's a fantastic song. The, this bass harmonica uh, kind of a thing. And also the bass line, especially towards the end, is, is uh, fantastic. And um, another thing is uh, the vocals. So you have three lead singers, Mike Love, Al Jardine, and Brian Wilson. And for a long time, I mean, I think I could tell the difference between Mike Love and then the, there was a switch, but Al Jardine sings the middle section. So Mike sings, I, um, I know so many people who think they could do it alone. And then Al Jardine sings, they isolate their heads and stay in their safety zone. And then Brian sings the next section. And Al and Brian sound so much alike um, that it's amazing. And this isn't the only time <laughs> that that has happened. But uh, yeah, lead vocals are great. And there are three tens in the catchiness, art, and production. And everything else is very good. Overall, this song gets a 9.4. It starts with just a little glance now. Right away, you're thinking about romance now. You know you are taking slower. Track number 10 is Here Today, written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher, and lead vocal by Mike Love. Once again, uh, I think this is one of my favorite songs on the album and there was a time where I said it was my favorite um, you know it's just a very powerful song and also the bridge is just interesting and fantastic and powerful and um, you know and you know it's just a, a great song and and you know catchy artistic poetic um, it, it has four tens, everything except for the hook, which is a little less. But um, yeah, it, it's just a, a a great, powerful, emotional song. And Brian does a take on it in the uh, box set, and he does fine. But I think Mike Mike's voice fits on this one a little better. And uh, overall, this song gets a nine point four. I keep looking for a place to fit in where I can speak my mind. Track number 11 is I Just Wasn't Made for These Times, written by Brian Wilson. And this is the song that I know for sure that Brian sings all the vocals to. And it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, he sounds like the Beach Boys, obviously, but it's all him. You know, and he does a, an excellent job. And this was originally a B-side for a single that was under the name Brian Wilson and not the Beach Boys. So that's kind of interesting. Um, also, the very first song that was released by the Beach Boys that uses that Thurman sound. Um, that's not exactly the instrument they use. The Thurman looks like an antenna. And it's something you don't touch and you wave your hand. 
next to it but this was actually some kind of a slider on a keyboard that was made and it's a lot easier to play um, so I believe that's what's on this album um, and then the one Mike plays live uh, at times um, I'm not sure if that's the exact same thing as what they do in the studio or not. I think they made something for Mike that was a little easier than even what they played in the studio. I think. So, um, yeah, but uh, this is one of those songs that has a, a lyric that is very much of the heart of Brian Wilson. And, uh, of course, he wrote the lyric and the, and the music to it. Um, this is one that has grown on me over the years, like early on, like years ago, it was a song that I thought was blah, uh, like above average, but I've reevaluated it and this song gets an 8.8. .8. Track number 12 is the title track, Pet Sounds, written by Brian Wilson, and an instrumental. I really enjoy this song. Uh, the, the working title for this song was Run James Run, and it was meant to, Brian was hoping to uh, give it to the James Bond people to be in the, you know, be a, a soundtrack for it. And I think it would have been a great one, and I think to this day they still make James Bond movies. Uh, I haven't watched them all, but uh, I don't know why they haven't used it. Uh, if they haven't, maybe they have. If not, any spy movie, really, uh, I think this would work for. Um, I'm sure somewhere, some movie has used this song in the soundtrack. It ha they have to have. This is just, you know, a very cool song, especially... Uh, especially if you're going to, you know, even today, if you're going to make a movie that's kind of in the 60s era, uh, the music fits, you know, a, a 60s spy kind of movie. But, um, yeah, this is kind of an avant-garde song. Um, I think this instrumental is much better than the first one, Let's Go, Let's Go Away for a While, in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of got a an Eastern vibe. It doesn't quite, it, you know, it doesn't have like the synth sitar that the Beatles would use, but you know, it's kind of got that similar kind of thing. Um, I gave it two tens, the art and the production. You know, the catchiness is a little less, but still very solid. And overall, this song gets a 9.0. The last song on the album is Caroline No, written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher, and sung by Brian Wilson. Uh, first of all, the, the title, uh, according to Tony Asher, he originally wrote it as Carol I Know, like three words. And I think it was about a, a lady that he knew or something. So it was about a, a lady named Carol. And then Brian took it and heard, or he, he misheard what Tony Asher, I guess Tony Asher said it out loud, and Brian mis mistakenly took it as Caroline No. 
And uh, Tony said he, he said it wasn't something he would have come up with, but he thinks it's better this way. It, it's got something more poignant or whatever. Um, now, one thing I will say, and I'm going to take two songs from this album, God Only Knows and Caroline Know. I've heard Brian sing God Only Knows, and for some reason, you know, there's an alternate take with him. Um, there's not a whole lot of him singing at that time, but uh, for whatever reason, his voice just doesn't work on, on God Only Knows. But Carl's voice is perfect for God Only Knows. And I've also heard Carl sing Caroline Know live uh, from around that time. And it, he does great, but not. there's just something about Brian's voice on Caroline Know that's perfect. And so I just wanted to point out that those two songs were perfect for each of their voices. <laughs> and I'm sure with multiple takes, Brian could have done great on God Only Knows and Carl could have done great on Caroline Know. But there's just something, their vocal, the way, how they laid them down was just perfect for these songs. And this is one of my favorite Brian Wilson vocals on this song here. Uh, this one gets three tens, art, poetry, and production, and everything else is above an eight. And um, overall, this song gets a 9.4. The album flow is a 10 out of 10. You know, everything produced by Brian, all the songs perfectly produced, all have a similar production vibe and the album goes from beginning to end in a very uh not only musically and production wise but also the the content of the lyrics and and the message of it and the feeling of it and so yeah the flow is a perfect 10 and this album does fantastic from beginning to end and um you know it's been one of the most influential albums, I would say, although not a lot of pop musicians um, cover, you know, do this kind of music. But, um, you know, I've heard some indie bands do similar things to this, you know, production wise and stuff. And it is, you know, one of a kind. Um, overall, this album gets an 8.82 out of 10. Now coming on to the end of this podcast episode, um, I've got the alternate Pet Sounds album. Now some of you are thinking, Pet Sounds is perfect, why would you mess with it? Well, you know, it's sometimes fun to hear things in a different way. Um, I'll just say this, every song from the album with the exception of one is on the, the alternate album. The one that's not is I Know There's an Answer, which I replaced with Hang on to your ego. Same music, different lyrics. And there's also an additional track, Trombone Dixie, which is a bonus track on uh, the CD um, 25th anniversary, I think. It's also in the box set. And so, <coughs> excuse me. And so that's in here as well. Uh, the song order is a little different. It's the, the first five or six. Yeah, the first six songs are in the same order. And then there's some changes, starting with song number seven. And um, yeah, and, and so from seven to, I don't know, the, the next several in a row are in a different order. 
and there's a few surprises that I added in here, so I hope you enjoy.
that's what you needed the most To set your broken heart free I know you cried and you felt blue But when I could I gave strength to you I'm waiting for the day when you can love again
But long as there are stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you If you should ever leave me Will life still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you That's the end of side A. I hope you enjoyed that, like, how to speak hip section. But um, one thing I, I'll say here is that I think God Only Knows makes a great end of a side. Um, and so that's why I swapped it. And Sloop John B., which was at the end of side A originally, uh, I have starting off side B. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, anything else real quick before I move on? Um, no, th that, th this isn't the only switch in order, song order. So there's going to be some more, uh, this side is a little different as far as song order. So, uh, yeah. So hope you enjoy. We come on this loop, John B. My grandfather and me.
Be so bitching in here. Why not? You know, you know what you do? Pictures of a horse in the studio. Oh, just the pictures. Come on, Louis. 